You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the 13th Sunday after Pentecost, August 30, 2020, by the Reverend Jim McEachern. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? The Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, as I said, it's my great pleasure to welcome to the pulpit the Reverend Jim McEachran, uh, uh, former senior pastor at St. Andrew's Lutheran Church. I almost said retired, but Jim remind, reminds me that he hasn't retired. He has been refired. And uh, one of the things that's, uh, that's keeping Jim refired in these, uh, in these times is his engagement with uh, affordable housing in Belleville. He's a, a great advocate. Uh, for affordable housing, and there's nothing more important uh, for us, in not only in the east side, but in, in all of Seattle, to have uh, adequate and sufficient housing uh, for our sisters and brothers who are experiencing homelessness. And Jim, your leadership in that role is greatly appreciated by all of us. So, Jim McCaffrey, welcome to the pulpit at St. Thomas. Grace to you and peace from God and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. First of all, thank you for the privilege of being in this place of worship on this day of blessing to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. I am honored to be here. A little bit about me, how this Lutheran kid get to an Episcopal pulpit, you probably should hear just a moment about that. I grew up a Baptist, amen. <laughs> Chose to be a Lutheran, graduated from Presbyterian College, graduated from a Lutheran seminary in Berkeley, did three years of further study at Berkeley in the Graduate Theological Union. Bulk of my classes, Church Divinity School of the Pacific. I hung out with Episcopalians. Served two congregations of Messiah Spokane for eight years. As an associate, had fun. Over 35 years as senior pastor of St. Andrews, had fun. 
still having fun. By the way, I'm Scottish. <laughs> Nessie and I were blessed to find our way to this place. In the old days, I heard that St. Thomas was called the doubter. I disagree. St. Thomas asked questions. He is Thomas the theologian, thinking theologian, and to question in seeking the truth. Ever ask questions? I ask questions all the time. I've learned well the six question words. Who, what, where, when, why, and how. Questions engage us in seeking clarity and truth when sometimes it seems those are not available. In the 1990s, I asked the question, will our children have faith? The 2000s, the question was, will our faith have children? <laughs> but now, in these days, the questions are more consequential, like this. What will become of discipleship? We co-create a new time and future. Or again, when are we called to show up as the disciples of Jesus in this present age, this very scrambled time? How do we find patterns of ministry and life together here and in the world? So I went back to Matthew. I followed Matthew these past weeks as a gospel writer writing 50 years after the death of Jesus. And scholarship commends that this is a school of discipleship instruction text for readers and hearers to get a sense of what it means to be the church in the world, but more importantly, in the face of empire, darkness, epidemic, where life needs to thrive and abound by the power of the Spirit. So we're gonna take a little ride here for a few minutes. Best words you'll ever hear from a preacher, I can be brief, <laughs> but here we go. There's Peter. Peter, the rock. We've seen him these past weeks as a growing discipleship to which we are called to be also as followers of Jesus. First, walking on water. Remember it? Peter sees Jesus and says, Lord, if it is your you command me to come out there. And Jesus says, come. That's pretty dangerous to step out in the name of Jesus on the water. Remember, the rock is sinking. <laughs> but Jesus caught him when they were back in the boat. And what the disciples do, it says in the text that they worshipped him. Proskynesis worshipped him and said, truly, you are the son of God. That's a cue for us. How can we be disciples of Jesus in these times? Worship is central to walking in Christ. Well, then the disciples and crowds move along the Sea of Galilee to a mountain, with many of them being healed, and the crowds were amazed. Because healing is rooted in worship. Out of worship, community and healing. Then Jesus feeds the thousands before moving to the northern district, and lo and behold, out of that comes a time when Jesus says, Come towards me, disciples. And then he says to them, 
What do the people say that the Son of Man is? And Peter, first to be called, now that rock that was sinking, says, Why, well, you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Out of worship comes confession, comes mission, comes life. And Jesus responds, Imagine the puffed up rock. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Brings us to the gospel portion just read. The 21st verse begins with the words, From that time on, Jesus began to teach the disciples what it would mean to be a disciple, loose in the world. Can you imagine the impact of his words? These people have heard and seen and experienced the impact of his life, and now he says it's absolutely necessary for us to go to Jerusalem. Sounds good. There will be great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes. I'll be killed on the third day of rise again. It's the will of God. Peter's a little like me sometimes, and I don't always listen to the full words of the Lord, and so Peter decides he wants to give Jesus some protective assurance. New power, dude, the rock takes him aside and says, God is merciful to you. God forbid, may God provide, never happen to you. Uh-uh, never. Jesus wheeled around, turned on his heel and said to Peter, get back behind me, Satan. Adversary, deceiver, confounder, you're a big problem to me because you are not gripped by the concerns of God but by the concerns of human beings. Whoa, not a conversation starter. But Jesus, probably with eyes of passion and a heart filled with all that is good, might have said, Remember, come and follow me. Get behind me. Course correction. You are loved and forgiven by me. I love you no matter what. Get back behind me and follow me. How do we find the place for servant ministry today? How do we know when we're called to show up as the disciples of Jesus in this present age? Then Jesus gives the threefold. Every good sermon at least has three points. Intertwining links. Turn away. Self-denial? Give it my power and place? Are you kidding me? Listen. I-centeredness is never the way of the kingdom. Discipleship is a summons into a new, fresh Holy Spirit drawing to take us back to the source, Jesus. Called and set apart, St. Thomas, all people hearing the word of God to a community of grace which counts the cost of discipleship. It is not easy in any time. And this time makes it even more scrambled. Where are you going to set your feet? Begin by practicing media distancing. Then flood your life with the Bible story of Jesus and his love. Then take up your cross of renewal. It's a hard call. Risk life in the dare that Jesus is it. We're called to be and to know who we are because of whose we are in each new day marked with the cross of Christ forever. A lot of power in that. <laughs> Back to Jesus again. Gotta love this Lord of ours. Follow me.
I go out before you. You're never alone. Well, gosh, that sounds so good. Where's the model? Try Romans. Try Romans 12. Try the words you've just heard read. It's a call, it's a summons to grow up in Christ as the serving orders of Jesus are ours to deliver. In the midst, ready, of empire. Think Rome was an easy place to live in those days for those Christians? I take the center of that summons to be Romans 12, 11. Remember it's about our worship life and transformation. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in the spirit and serve the Lord. That's how it reads. Not a good translation. Kyrios is Lord, Kairos is time. I believe that text should say, serve the day. Be in the Lord and serve the day. Where Christ plants our feet to be disciples and good stewards of the grace of God. Servant leadership is not always easy. Servant stewardship is responsive to the Spirit guiding us to places where we sometimes don't want to go, so that's why we come here. St. Thomas. Worship in word and sacrament creates a community. Learning, praying, supportive ministries, the COVID stories, write them. They equip us to be strong. Reaching out, serving others, congregations for the homeless, shelter in a time of need, with the 6,500 heaping the measure of good. Eastside Baby Corner, Sophia Way, Bellevue Life Spring, where you plant your stewardship, God is honored, and Jesus is served through you to the people. You've taught me something. I love being taught new things. You taught me about the foundation for academic endeavors. That's impressive. What's impressive is the number 77. Kids serve in these times. That will serve the generations. You'll never see the end of the fruit of the Spirit in that. But you took the time in these times to be self-centered, but to live, to serve. Faithful responses and actions to become a witness to Jesus, Son of God. So our rector is a pretty profound guy. He writes really well. Did you know that? <laughs> our church buildings are temporarily closed. But the church is open for business. For discipleship. To draw love out in the world. I like and agree with that. When the time is right... See if you can ensure health together. The sign on the corner should read, Welcome back, we missed you. <laughs> we are open for dining in. <laughs> we are open for dining in. For the time being, let us not miss this opportunity to rejoice. We are in the presence of the one who called Peter, the one who called the Twelve, one who calls us to service in the world until he comes again. Of course, the antidote gift of this is found in song. Did you sing it? Sing out. Let your hearts rejoice. God is with us. 
Sing out and let our hearts rejoice. God is with us. But I changed the last stanza, Lacey. God is within us. Let's rejoice and be glad. Amen. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's a www.stthomasmedina.org.